Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is... Well, that's too loud. (laughs) (laughs) This time it's going to be just right, baby. Don't worry, we got that perfect porridge now. I'm a little quiet. Are you too loud? Now we got that perfect porridge. Let me dip my finger in it. Ooh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) We're ready now. I'm a little hot. (laughs) No, we're good now. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Could you just point the mic just a little bit further down? So it's more now it's more of a physical. Let me see. Oh, that looks great. Yeah, so this is wonderful. In this podcast, we talk about things that we are really into right now, like um, contained plosives and uh, gain balance and, uh, you know. Perfect porridge. Perfect porridge and all that good stuff. Listen, we're near, we're rounding 100. Yeah. And we need to talk about what we're going to do off off camera because I don't have any fucking idea. I think we did actually talk about something. Did we? Yeah. Oh, shoot. How quickly we forget, huh? Well, I remembered. <laughs> well, how quickly we both forget an equal amount. But anyway, uh, you gotta you can't come into 100 sounding like complete shit, you know? Mm-hmm. There's just no excuse for it, people. Mm-hmm. Invest in some acoustics treatment, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many 100-episode-old podcasts I listen to that still sound like the butt cheeks. So I want us to sound like some real professional shit, some some real Ira Glass shit. What's the opposite of the butt cheeks? Um, well, you got to understand, the, the butt cheeks can be good or bad. Mm. It depends on how you use it and sort of like your cadence, like, oh, God, this audio is just, it's the butt cheeks. Mm-hmm. Or if you're talking about a song, you're like, oh, this song is the butt cheeks. Mm-hmm. Is this the new slap? I think so. I used to say, I feel like I used to say that's the butt cheeks <laughs> oh, yeah? for a brief period of my life. And I can't remember if it was the period where I was doing uh, recorded audio entertainment for the masses or not. But I would like to bring it back. That's the butt cheeks, man. I like it. Yeah. Do you have any small wonders? I do. What is it? Uh, so I was looking today and I saw that they uh, posted some concert footage from Lollapalooza 2019. Yes. In the great city of Chicago. Hell yeah. Uh, I used to volunteer to be um, a volunteer <laughs> at that festival. <laughs> Not You didn't volunteer to perform? Don't worry, guys. No. I'll get, I got this. No, no. It was like 2005 to maybe 2008. I used to volunteer. Anyway, I have a real soft spot for Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza is fun. Is that what they (laughs) called it for you? Well, no, that's the volleyball festival they have every year. Uh, And I saw an incredible concert video of Death Cab and Chance the Rapper performing Do You Remember? And it was very, very good. Chance the Rapper is maybe one of the best live shows uh, I would say in the nation right now. Have you seen him? Before? I got to see him at ACL Fest. Oh, that's year. right. Uh, and he just puts on such a good live show. He just brings such like en- energy and enthusiasm to everything he does. Uh, and to see him like in his home city of Chicago, in front of a huge ass crowd. Yeah, it was incredible. So good. I want to talk about uh, for my small wonder the chorus of "You Are My Sunshine." 
It's a sweet song. I was going to bring it as a big wonder because I sing it to Henry like a few times every night. And it's yeah. sweet. Like I just like, you know, you're my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. Uh, uh, you'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. That's sweet, right? And that's nice. And you mm-hmm. sing it to your kiddo and it's sweet. And I was going to like talk about that. I was going to look into like the history of it and talk about it. And then I read the verses. Did you know about uh, the there's verses? There's more, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I feel like I knew that, but I don't remember anything about the verses are so creepy. The verses are so creepy and bad and unhealthy. I, I mean, the the whole idea of please don't take my sunshine away kind of suggests a foreboding element. Yeah. Um, I'll just go through some of the highlights here. Uh, the other night, dear, as I lay sleeping, I dreamed I held you in my arms. But when I awoke, dear, I was mistaken and I hung my head and cried. So that didn't rhyme even a little bit, but that's fine. We can keep pushing through. Second verse, I'll always love you and make you happy if you will only say the same. But if you leave me to love another, you'll regret it all someday. Hey, you are my sunshine. Oh, this is not a song for kids, huh? No, it's kind of not. Mm. Uh, it's You told me once, dear, you really loved me and no one else could come between. But now you've left me and love another. You have shattered all my dreams. Whew. Come here, son. It's time for our Betty Bye song. I think this is maybe a song for a, for a lover and not for a child. Uh, it's a song for a lover in 1939 when you thought that this was an acceptable way to talk to your <laughs> lover. Uh, when it, it still wasn't, but yeah. Uh, I had a, I actually had a good hearty laugh. Maybe that's the small wonder is the big laugh I had Mm -hmm. while researching this and then, you know, control A, deleting all of my notes about You Are My Sunshine. (laughs) Who goes first this week? It's the Who Goes First This Week song. I think it's you. uh, Who Goes First This Week? It's me. Yeah. My first thing. I, like many subjects I've tried to tackle in the past, couldn't think of a good way to put it in words Mm -hmm. but i what i landed on is like shopping for and like picking your everyday loadout pick a putting together your everyday loadout i'm sorry that i can't okay to extrapolate i think that back to school shopping is kind of like a great example of this and the first like exposure you get to this idea Mm -hmm. you're a kid or in high school or college or whatever you go to the store you got a budget you you want to find some cool bags with cool characters on them maybe depending on how old you are maybe you do need a teenage mutant ninja turtles one because that's what's cool and you want people to know that you know what is up uh you want the hypest trapper keeper um, and maybe when you get older, you're looking for maybe a more functional stuff, a more functional trapper keeper, but you still want it to look good, but it's like a different, it's a different set of priorities and all that, all that back to school shopping stuff is like a different kind of shopping from like, I'm going to go buy myself, you know, oh. some nice things that I'm excited for because it's like an all day thing that is functional that people are going to see you with all the time. Yes. Did you know, I, I thought about doing best back to school shopping as my topic. Wow. And I actually was curious to see what the back to school trends were for 2019. Oh, well, let me Google that after I finish. Okay. That'll be a fun little miniature it's segment. Not, it's not really anything that you would hope it would be. Oh, did you already Google it? I did. Yeah. Well, okay. Well then go ahead and tell me correspondent on the so field. I, I ended up on like 17 magazine. Oh, they don't know. They're 17. Yeah, and it, and it was just kind of like, Hey, 
Wear this romper and maybe put a sweater over it in case it's cold. Get the fuck out of here, I was like, Seventeen. This isn't what I wanted. I, I wanted, wanted like real, like now fashion. The real shit. I also wanted to know, like, is there going to be a seventh Paw Patrol member that they're debuting on Ooh. a jacket or something? Um, anyway, I haven't gone back to school shopping for quite some time, but like to bring it forward into the adult age, I get this way with some stuff. Um, the clothes are maybe like too broad of an example, right? Because it's it, fashion is like kind of its own thing, but like a jacket, I will research a jacket because a jacket, I want it to be suitable for like a few different kinds of weather, the kinds of weather that I am likely to be exposed to. I want it to have good pockets, the right number of pockets, functional pockets. I want it to have form and function. You're saying this as if you have one jacket per year, and I know that. That's not true. I have several jackets, but I don't want to just buy a fucking jacket willy-nilly. When we went to New Orleans to do our tour, it was about 30 degrees colder than I thought it was going to be, and I spent like half a day looking for a peacoat just like a nice peacoat because i know i look good in a peacoat but i wanted one that doesn't look like and feel like and doesn't have pockets and feel like dog shit so i spent some time on it the biggest like the biggest thing i got into was about uh, last year i got real deep into shopping for bags shopping for backpacks because i had that swiss gear backpack that Mm. everybody has and it fell apart and i was like let me look at some other shit (laughs) you say everybody but really it's just your two other brothers (laughs) me and my two brothers no it's like a bestseller on amazon that's why we decided to buy it okay and so like i needed a backpack that you know had the correct uh container size that it had the correct number of gallons is how they measure that right and so like if it's too many gallons it's not going to fit under a plane seat and at that point like what the fuck am i even doing here but i need to your backpacks and gallons i'm pretty sure yeah unless i'm like wildly misremembering which wouldn't be the first time that's happened on the podcast but i need it to be able to fit like my backpack a small a second backpack (laughs) i need to be able to fit my laptop and like uh my my big headphones and the switch is like always like those three are always coming with third backpack a third backpack goes in there uh a stylus maybe ipad maybe pen like uh, See, this some is sharpies why, this is why it's so hard to shop for you griffin is that you have opinions about a lot of things yeah you do good though like you have never gotten me something I've that never has gotten like, you a, a bad item of clothing i'll say you've never got me a bad item of clothing no and and uh, for like other things like cooking implements like you crush it every time and i feel like that's kind of i don't know that's not something i that's not my everyday thing but i would never buy you a backpack is what i'm saying yo you shouldn't you shouldn't Mm -hmm. you wouldn't get it i know you wouldn't get it (laughs) it literally took me like two weeks to find the perfect back because they're expensive like nice backpacks are expensive but i got so fucking into it because i use it constantly mm-hmm. and it's held up really nicely and mm-hmm. it is perfect for me it's a perfect size it can, like everything fits so neatly inside this bag that when i zip it up <laughs> it's like not an inch of space is it's so so nice and i love it so much and it's just like that's part of my loadout and the stuff that i keep in there is kind of too like i always take that switch with me everywhere i go uh, whenever i travel that laptop's always with me there's this concept called uh everyday carry that is kind of like this yes, uh yes, yes. I, I remember there was a, a phase where like a couple of my buddies uh back in huntington were like doing this where you just sort of lay out all the things that you carry with you and you take a nice picture of it like what's the gear travis is is more into this than i am because travis almost always has like a bottle opener like that that's what i'm talking about like you know you got your 
your phone, your wallet, your, you got your, you know, some folks like uh, a watch, a pocket knife, uh, like a craftsman, multi tool, like a, a little comb switchblade, like whatever. I'm into it. I like that idea of just like, here's my. Your Tamagotchi. Here's my inventory. And your slap bracelet. I don't have, I don't have like. I don't know. I don't get excited to shop for th- I get more excited to shop for stuff like this than I do for like frivolous stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even leave the house all that often. So it's not argue, like the biggest thing. You're the same way about travel mugs. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, oh, you've yeah. had a, uh, many a travel mug since yeah. I've known you. Uh, I, it's mostly because I keep losing the dig dang things or, mm-hmm. um, or you don't wash them and I don't wash them one. and I leave them in a backseat of a car for a month and a half. And I'm like, well, that one's just toast. That one's got amoebas in it. What's your first thing? So my first thing is a nonfiction piece that was published in the Paris review back in July. And it was called the crane wife. I saw this pop up like everywhere. Uh-huh. I feel like it kind of when... blew up yeah. a little bit. Uh, It was written by C.J. Hauser. Uh, She is a professor in uh, Colgate University of Creative Writing. Well, and dentistry, right? And (laughs) dentistry. They all have to also do, they do have have to do some teeth stuff on the side. Uh, So this, this piece got passed around a lot because it very precisely captures the experience uh, of many women that date somebody who um, makes them feel um, just less than, I guess. Right. You know, just more insecure than they were when they started. Mm. Um, So the piece begins in this really kind of compelling way. The first sentence is, uh, 10 days after I called off my engagement, I was supposed to go on a scientific expedition to study the whooping crane on the Gulf Coast of Texas. Uh, so she she has written a couple novels, uh, and her second one is called Family of Origin, and it came out uh, that same month in, in July. I think, and I haven't read this novel, but I'm assuming what she's referring to in her essay is studying for the novel that just came out. Is it about cranes and stuff? I think it's just about just the, just the natural world hmm. in many ways. Cool. Like a zoo books. <laughs> Nice man, she wrote a zoo books. I love it. Sometimes it's if if you've been frozen for twenty years and then your frame of references are all based on. I still get zoo books, dude. <laughs> I still get zoo books. Check the mailbox. Oh, that's right. I sneak them in the house as soon as they get here, <laughs> and I hide them in my closet because I don't. Want, I don't want you taking my freaking zoo books. I don't want our, our kids slobbering and blobbering all over. I'm ruining my freaking zoo books. There's new zoo animals all the time, man. Um, so wait, are you saying that each issue has a new zoo animal or that all the time new zoo animals new come zoo out? New zoo animals popping out, man. <laughs> elephants too. The sequel to elephants. Like koalas, you know, and alligators. Super, super gators, man. Just, just furry gators. Yeah, they're big furry gators. that trees. Have two torsos, two heads, no legs, no tails. So cool these guys are. <laughs> And so this story kind of goes back and forth between the end of her engagement and her previous relationship and then her experience studying, you know, the various, you know, pond life uh, in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) You know, pond life. Yeah, sure, sure. I shouldn't have to go into that. Everybody knows ponds. Everyone knows who ponds are and what they can do. <laughs> so the crane wife may sound familiar to you because it's actually based on Japanese folklore. 
It's a story about a crane that tricks a man into thinking it is a woman uh, so she can marry him. So she plucks out all of her feathers and continues to do so to continue to keep the man. Interesting. I didn't I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I only knew the Decemberist album. Yeah, exactly. That, that may also be why it's familiar. <laughs> Maybe I knew it back when I was in college listening to that album. I've forgotten a lot of things since college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the story is about her and and her engagement to this man who is is very unromantic and very emotionally unavailable. Uh, and so she gives some examples kind of of their relationship and points in which he, you know, kind of let her down or left her feeling kind of more lonely and, and sad than she was before. But I wanted to read this excerpt from it because I felt like this is an example of how precisely it kind of captures the experience uh, of just generally being in a, in a bad relationship, not necessarily gendered in any way. So I just wanted to share this. I need you to know, I hated that I needed more than this from him. There is nothing more humiliating to me than my own desires. Nothing that makes me hate myself more than being burdensome and less than self-sufficient. I did not want to feel like the kind of nagging woman who might exist in a sitcom. These were small things, and I told myself it was stupid to feel disappointed by them. I had arrived in my 30s believing that to need things from others made you weak. I think this is true for lots of people, but I think it's especially true for women. When men desire things, they are passionate. When they feel they have not received something they need, they are deprived or even emasculated and given permission for all sorts of behaviors. But when a woman needs, she is needy. She is meant to contain within her own self everything necessary to be happy. That I wanted someone to articulate that they loved me, that they saw me, was a personal failing, and I tried to overcome it. Jeez. I thought that was so powerful. Yeah. I mean, so so I don't talk about this a lot, but before Griffin and I were together, I was in a relationship from when I was like 19 all the way up to 28. Uh, and I would say that both of us had a lot of trouble with being emotionally available. And it just kind of bubbled over at a certain point. Uh, and and we, we are still on good terms today. So it, it wasn't as if I, you know, totally burned all the bridges there, but... Uh, I just I recognized that neither of us was getting what we needed from the relationship because both of us were just unable to communicate and unable to be vulnerable with each other. Uh, and and I ended up feeling very uncomfortable, like saying what I needed in that relationship. Um, and it it really made me realize a lot of things about myself. And I think this is true for a lot of people. You know, the first time you're in a relationship, you you don't really know what is just being in a relationship. Yeah, you don't have that context. Yeah, and what what compromises are appropriate, yeah. you know, and, and what is actually, like, not appropriate, you know, and shouldn't be done to be in a relationship. Sure. Griffin and I have talked about this a lot because I think we were really surprised when we got together how little we felt like we had to sacrifice to be together. Yeah. You know, I think we were both like, oh, you mean I get to be me all the time and I can be happy yeah. together with this person who is also being themselves? It's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, this. it's like so cliche to like write off 
all of your like past relationships as being like silly or something because you've aged like I'm thinking of like high school I know you didn't like date a lot in in high school or anything like that but I look back on like relationships from from then most of them anyway and uh, you know my relationships from college and thinking like how um uh, you know, ultimately, compared to the, our marriage, it, it it was something that was more like immature in a way. But yeah. really, it's just because like now I have the context from this relationship to look back and realize like, oh, I didn't know that that's how it could be. I didn't know uh-huh. that that's and and not to say that like it's a neutral thing. Like I didn't know that that's what I should have been doing. Like it's not like the other person was feeling like I feel like a jag for not you know, being better about being in a relationship because now I know, but like, I think you have to let yourself off the hook and just say like that context is so valuable. Yeah, no, it's completely true. And I think that's why a lot of people feel like you have to date a lot of individuals before you, you know, commit to anyone because you have to figure out what you want. Yeah. And there is something to be said for that because you just, you just don't know how to be with another person until you've done it for a while. Yeah. Um, I, I like this piece a lot. Again, it's called The Crane Wife, and it was in Paris Review. It's pretty easy to find. Uh, I I liked it, too, because, you know, she's she's critical of her partner, but she also kind of presents it very factually of just like, this is the person he was, and it mm-hmm. was completely the wrong person for me. Uh, and I realized it slowly over time. And so it doesn't feel like you're reading about this like evil villainous person. It's mm. just somebody who just was categorically not the right person for her. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I just, I really, I think it's a really good piece. I'd recommend it. Yeah. Um, hey, before we move on, I do need to admit something to you. Yes. <laughs> oh no, Griffin's been a crane this whole time. <laughs> Is that what a crane sounds like? There you go. That sounds right. Do you read about this in your zoo books? <laughs> uh, hey, Crane. Can I steal you away? <laughs> it can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis, um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what 
is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Got a message here for Jessica, a.k.a. Spooky, and it's from Kevin. Jessica, you're a wonderful person. Here's a list of my small wonders about you. Your artistic ability, your eye for fabric and color, your fashion sense, your empathy and kindness. Also, you have really cool hair. My wonderful thing is our love. I love you a bunch and wanted to commemorate it through our favorite podcast. Love you forever, Kevin. It's self-love is also so important. Um, I think that that is really special. Has anyone ever told you you have cool hair? Me? Yeah. No, we've talked about this. Me neither. I have the most base ass hair ever. (laughs) I just, I think that's maybe one of the best compliments I've ever heard. Rachel gets uh, pretty upset if you don't tell her how soft her hair is when you're touching it. There's sometimes. Go ahead and explain. (laughs) I think I have really soft hair. You do. Oh my God, you do. (laughs) Please. And there's been many points in my life where I've just kind of, you know, touched my own hair and thought, how has nobody ever told me how soft my hair is? Yeah. So I casually mentioned it to Griffin. Casually. And by casually, I mean that I recommended he compliment me on my soft hair. And once? Now, the one time? Now it's is it frequent. Once? I'd say it's uh, almost daily. <laughs> the demands. <laughs> yes. The, the requests. This is what I need, Griffin. Yes. And I give it to you. You do. Do you want to hear this next message? Yes, I do. It is for Amy, and it is from past Amy. What a coincidence. (laughs) Dear Amy, right now you're probably working super hard, getting used to living on your own, and having an amazing time in Portland. It's hard to tell yourself this, so I'll do it for you. I'm so proud of you for getting into art school and taking this huge leap out of your comfort zone. You're doing great, and I can't wait to be where you are. Oh, shit. Is this this then this is the moment of singularity. This is the this is the time where Amy leaps into Amy in the future. Oh, see, I was thinking this is where Marty McFly sees himself performing at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Oh my god, then there's another Amy. A pa- a a future future past Amy. Past Amy, don't do anything to do not mess with future Amy in and fact, vice versa. This message alone is probably a huge <laughs> violation of the 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 time scanner rules. Uh, that said, thank you for buying, thank you for the buying this message. <laughs> 
Kelly Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And, and I, I was two. Butts, 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 butts. No. Whether you change your mind for too many times over and over again. I want to tell you about my second thing. I am about, have you ever watched 12 Angry Men? Yes. Do you know the scene where the guy's talking about like the knife and he's like, this is a tortoise shell knife with this pattern, with this inch blade. What are the odds that somebody else would just like have one of those knives? And then one of the other guys stands up and pulls one out of his pocket and stabs it into the table. And it's like, what's up? I have one. I didn't remember that until you just described it in detail. But you remember that now yes, that I've described yes. it in detail. Okay, yes. I'm about to do that to you. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> Is that why your eyes got real big? Yeah. Explain to everybody what you're holding. Uh, <laughs> Earlier when Griffin's was referencing um, the type of items one might keep in their pocket, uh, and he said things like, um, gosh, I don't even remember now. I'm so flustered. I know. Wallet, keys, whatever. Wallet, keys. Yeah. And I made the joke that it would be a, a Tamagotchi. And <laughs> he just reached in his pocket and handed me a Tamagotchi. Hell yeah, I did. That's a Tamagotchi on. That's the new shit. Just came out last month. Oh. Yeah. This is the new. This is all new stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. It takes two double AAA batteries, which I haven't put in there yet. So I haven't brought my child to life. Maybe I'll do it later on in the show and we'll do like a live hatching. See, I. <laughs> that would be exciting for people, don't you think? I never had one oh, of shit, these. You got the back off. Nice. Could you not figure that out before? No, I loosened the screw while I was in the oh. closet earlier. I didn't want you to see that I had it. <laughs> I wanted this amazing reveal moment. So I never had one of these. Oh, yeah. Um, but I remember a friend did. Uh, and this one is pretty large. It's larger it's than I remember the Well, it's like full color. It's like a full color LCD screen. Ooh, full color. It's pretty technologically advanced. Uh, I am talking about Tamagotchi because... Uh, Did you say Tamagotchi? Uh, it's T-A-M-A-G-O-T-C-H-I. I said Tamagotchi. Well, it's a, it, Tamagotchi is right. It's, I, I guess I was putting a little bit of Appalachian stink on it because it is a portmanteau <laughs> of the word Tamago, which is Japanese oh. for egg. Did you have one of these? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I had an earlier generation one, which is the one that got school kids in trouble because like if you didn't interact with it for like <laughs> like 10 hours, then it would just fucking die. Like that was the time limit that you were on, which is fair. Like if we didn't interact with like our infant child for 10 hours, he, he probably wouldn't be in a very good place. Oof. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want to talk about Tamagotchi cause I got one for Christmas when I was younger and that little dude was just my whole life. I loved, I loved that sweet little egg boy. Um, what did they look like? Like the little digital screen would show what exactly? I don't remember. Well, it would depend on what stage of life they were at. Right. Like most, pretty much all the versions of Tamagotchi, you would hatch the egg inside of the egg. Uh, and there was all this lore about like how the physical egg you were holding was like the containment unit for it so it could survive. Uh, and then when it was uh, like an infant, 
then it was just like a little blob. But then like as it grew up to be like a child, it would grow ears. And then like as it was a teen and then an adult and later ones, you could grow it into a senior. You know, it would just get bigger and get like more stuff. And and then tell it died. What did it look like though? Uh, Like bunny ears sometimes it would grow. Uh, Would it like grow like legs and arms like a human being or no? I think so. Yeah, I think I think it can get there. It's been a long time since I've seen any of the old the old the old crew. Can I give this back to you? Yeah, please. (laughs) Tamagotchi. Obviously, lots of competitors came came after Tamagotchi because it was hugely successful. Then you had your like Giga Pets, which I had one of. Did you think about this because I was talking about little computer people? Uh, it probably was that probably yeah. was what got me there um so it was invented tamagotchi was invented by uh, a woman named aki maita who was an office worker working at bandai uh which is a toy company and an entertainment company that has merged to become bandai namco um and she was 30 years old she had this idea of just like a pet that you could take anywhere uh that like anyone could take care of a kid could take care of and it would not have like the downsides of owning a pet which is to say like poop everywhere uh and so she teamed up with a toy designer named akihiro yakoi um and they put together this concept and they made hundreds of of prototypes and they would just pass them out to like schoolgirls in shibuya and just say like what do you think what do you think of this little egg uh and did all their qa testing there well not qa testing but like uh r&d stuff there uh and then they released it in november 1996 and by the end of the year it was being sold in over 30 countries and was like wildly profoundly the biggest thing Isn't ever it kind of fascinating that somebody came up with the idea of this little device that had a screen on it that you carried around with you all the time like before there were smartphones <laughs> like somebody just had that idea of like you know what i don't think this is going to be too much to ask I yeah think people will be willing to look at a screen on and off all day yeah they were certainly right about that one um so since then since november 1996 which is when the first one dropped uh over 44 different versions of tamagotchi tamagotchi have been released uh and they've gotten more sophisticated as time uh went on as of 2017 82 million Tamagotchi units have been sold worldwide. Um, and then this past summer, the new shit dropped Tamagotchi on. Uh, I actually saw some people tweeting pictures of their Tamagotchi on, and it reminded me like, hey, I could do a wonderful segment about this and buy it and I can expense it. I'm going to expense this purchase. Um, And so the gameplay, it like changed and got more sophisticated. Um, They became less quick to die. Starting like generation three, you could let them go a little bit longer and the penalties wouldn't be quite as severe. Um, They would include newer like age ranges that they could age up through. Uh, You could play games with them and like get points that you could use to unlock stuff. Ask was like at its core. Was it just like feeding a thing and like cleaning it or something? Like, what did you do with these things? I mean, yeah, you fed it and you cleaned it. You hear him? He's coming to life. (laughs) I don't know how to turn the sound off. Oh, well, we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, yeah, you would feed it. You could play games with it. You would have to, um, you, you would have to, what's the word I'm looking for? Not punish. But if it like acted discipline? up, discipline, <laughs> yeah, discipline really? is a, a much. What would soft- you do? Uh, I, I don't remember. 
I think you would just, I, it's probably in this version, so I'll tell you once I time get it up out? and running. Yeah, put them in timeout. I don't think you did, you know, used corporal punishment or anything horrible like that. Um, but yeah, you had to do a few things that had all these different meters. So there was like a happy meter and a health meter and a discipline meter. And, you know, you had to keep them balanced. And if you did, they would get older and, you know, do more stuff. And then you could play games with them and, you know, add stuff to their environment. Or uh, later versions had like full-blown like kind of games going on in them where... Um, you could develop skills with them, which they would use to get uh, careers. <laughs> and then, which seems a little bit like uh, my escapist fantasy of having a little egg child. Now I have to worry about their job also. is too so stressful. confused because the screen on these things is the size of a quarter. Like, right. how do they indicate that your little Tamagotchi has a job? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Uh, there was also an iOS game that came out uh, oh. that I think probably had a little bit more screen real estate to work with. They included wireless functionality after a while, so your Tamagotchi could go hang out with somebody else's. And then they also added marriage and mating, where you could like mix yeah. two Tamagotchis together to have like a little baby. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, they just they just got bigger and bigger. And I don't know. I just like that it's just this benign little distraction. <laughs> I like I like benign distractions for kids. It's something where uh you know it became so important to me and my cohorts who had one and as adults it's just like i don't know did you ever know anybody that had more than one yeah 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 like was juggling like several well no you wouldn't juggle with them because if you drop them then that's it (laughs) they know if you drop them they get really really angry and they tell you to do bad stuff if you drop you go to jail you can go to jail you can go to tamagotchi jail (laughs) what's your second thing I'm going to be playing with my Tamagotchi the whole time. I know. I figured as much. My second thing. I'm setting it down. No, you can play with it if you want. No, baby. I think that'd be like a little fun spice to my segment. <laughs> well, you're going, to tell, you're going to say like my second thing is a really serious and dramatic thing. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, okay. It's vacation rentals. Yeah, okay. We uh, just got back from a weekend, kind of a staycation because we were literally only like 15 minutes away from our house now. Uh, we rented a big old house with a pool and had a bunch of our friends get together, and it was super awesome. It's a, and it's something we've been doing for years now. Yeah, it's a, Rachel and my birthdays are like three weeks away, so we usually try to split the uprights and like do it then, but uh, all of our friends are old and have kids, and so that's harder to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we... Um, we started doing this when Griffin and I had just been dating. Um, I think it was maybe for my 30th birthday was when we started. Uh, and you know, now I'm 37. So we've been doing this on and off for a long time. Yeah, sure. We used to go a little bit further out from Austin. Um, and we'd find like an actual lake house. Uh, but it was usually a shithole, which is the most fun kind. Yeah. We started, um, on a real shoestring. Uh, we would ask our friends to kind of split the cost with us. And so we try and keep the price real low. And so we would end up with these weird houses that had been kind of added on to and like thrown bunk beds on top of bunk beds in like bedrooms that maybe used to not be bedrooms. Um, so these like Winchester mystery house ass houses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's that's part of what I love about vacation rentals. Like it it really reminds me of like playing in a dollhouse as a kid of like you go into this space that is for all purposes yours for, you know, 48 hours or however long you're there. 
um, and you get to kind of live this other existence. Yeah. Uh, and most often, like with a bunch of people around you, you know, having this kind of new experience together. Uh, and it's so much better than just like, you know, a hotel or something where you don't feel that kind of personal experience with the space. You know, it's like designed to not be personal. <laughs> it's like going to an open house and then sleeping. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so the whole like vacation rental concept really like began in the in the 50s with this idea of like timeshares. What? Oh, okay. You know, of like people having like beach houses, you know, that they would like share with other people throughout the year. Right. <clears throat> um, but the Vacation Rental Managers Association was founded in 1985 and vacation rentals by owner or, or verbo as it is sometimes called started in 1995 never knew that that's what that stood for and it initially just listed one property in Breckenridge Colorado <laughs> 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 which i kind of love yeah i love breckenridge though it's a nice place uh 2005 is when we got um vrbo and homeaway joined together uh, and then in 2007, 2008 is when we got Airbnb. Okay. So the story of Airbnb is like much more scrappy. So I thought I would share it. Uh, these friends that had grown up together named uh, Brian Chesky and Joe Gebbia uh, moved to San Francisco in 2007 and could not afford their apartment. Uh, so they came up with the idea of putting an air mattress in their living room and turning it into a bed and breakfast. <laughs> So in 2008, uh, they had another roommate join them, or a former roommate, not like they had three people living in this apartment. Yeah. Uh, but this person brought uh, a chief technology officer experience, and they founded their new venture, which they called Air Bed and Breakfast. Is that uh, what it is? Because they put a fucking air mattress in their yeah, living room? Yeah, exactly. And you can still do that. Like, you can rent a room in somebody's house. Yeah. Like, when you're going through the listings and trying to specify what you want, there is an option of just, like, choosing a bedroom in somebody's house. Sure. Uh, in 2015, Expedia bought HomeAway, which was also with VRBO, um, to join together to try and compete with Airbnb, because Airbnb is kind of, like... You know, it's kind of the big thing right now. Uh, as of 2015, the vacation rental industry uh, is worth an estimated 85 billion. <laughs> HomeAway alone has more than 2.8 million rooms, which is more rooms than the four largest hotel chains in the world. Wow! Um, way to way to brag, HomeAway. <laughs> I think I think this is great, especially because a lot of times you'll be visiting a person and they live in a location where there aren't a lot of hotels to choose from right and you want to be close by and so you'll just go on one of these sites and kind of you know look at a zip code or look at a particular community and see what your options are and you get the kind of convenience of you know potentially having a kitchen or you know like having a, a nice like living room dining room set up so that you can like buy your own food and make your own meals and really kind of feel like a local when you're visiting a place. Yeah, that luxury is obviously like just that, a luxury, and it is nice. For me, it is always just like, boy, I'm going to get some stories out of this house. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I remember we stayed at like a really wild uh, apartment in Hong Kong when we went there yeah. a few years ago. 
And I feel like I remember so many things about that apartment. Like I had this huge living room lined with all of these, uh, all these books. And then the bedroom was like the size of a shoe box. And it was just floor to like wall to wall to wall, just bed. And the windows looked out on a tennis court court where people were doing Tai Chi in the morning. Like, I remember that. I remember that. I remember everything about the weird Winchester mystery house that we used to stay at that had like 2000 VHS tapes (laughs) that we would like watch. I watched so many. seven huge projection TVs. Yeah, like old old, uh, CRT, like four foot deep projection TVs. And like eight copies of Jaws. And that, yeah, I mean, that's where I watched (laughs) a lot of, that's where I got turned on to like classic horror movies. Like that's where I watched Terminator and Predator and The Thing for the first time. It's just because they all, like, I remember that shit. That's the stuff I remember. And the place we stayed in new orleans that had all the nudes it had a lot of wild nudes (laughs) every room had several nudes on the and not tasteful (laughs) i remember some of them being some of them were tasteful (laughs) uh yeah yeah i i think it like if you can swing it i think it's it's a great option um and I I I just I love that it exists. I love that like anytime we're traveling somewhere, I can be like, oh, you know what? I wonder if I could find a place to stay that you know had like access to yeah some really cool things. Especially if you're see. if you're traveling with a big group of buddies, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. The place that we stayed had a whole bunch of bedrooms. Yeah, so it was nice. Like you get to have a big old sleepover with your friends. I love it. Uh, I also love the song uh, "Money Won't Pay." from Bowen and Augustus. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Rachel's going to tell you about Maximum Fun while I bring my Tamagotchi to life. <laughs> uh, MaximumFun.org is the website that hosts our lovely podcasts. It hosts our podcasts and other podcasts. Podcasts that are focused on culture and, and on comedy. And you can listen to some narrative podcasts like uh, Mission to Zix and Bubble. Or you can listen to some interview podcasts like Bullseye. Keep going. Uh, to set the time and date. I would I would recommend if you are not familiar with the other shows in the network to go to maximumfun.org and check them out. They are all winners. Uh, and uh, fuck, baby, I can't figure it out. <laughs> um, for those of you that ordered uh, pins uh, back when the Max Fun Drive had their pin sale. Uh, you should be receiving those shortly. And um, for those of you that are interested in checking out other McElroy programming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell them about the merch. Uh, you can go to McElroy.family. Um, there's all sorts of cool merch on there. Um, backpacks, fanny packs, shirts, mugs, pins. So Did it. I put in my name. Here we go, miracle of life. Oh, okay, here he is. Wake up. He's not even doing anything. He's still just an egg. Baby, make him wake up. Oh, so it's a little egg rolling around in what appears to be a very nice living room. Crack him, smash him open. I'm pushing some buttons. Oh, that shows the time. Oh, you can you can look at it in military time too. That's fun. Smash him open. I want to play with him. I don't. I don't know which. There's three buttons on here. Which do you push to smash? <laughs> He's just rolling around. Well, this was a big fucking waste of time.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases, I ask them questions, they're good ones, and then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a Floby, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman.